0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Cowboys, Packers, Sunday, pregame, play-by-play, postgame, all on this radio station. We are your home of the NFC East champs, the home of Mike McCarthy, Fridays at 630 And we have to preview the Packers with a guy that we had on last time. He was fantastic. So we tracked him down. Rob Domofsky, Packers beat reporter for ESPN, joining us on the DNM Leasing Hotline. Good morning, Rob. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. How worried should we be? How uneasy should we be? Because we're basically stamping the ticket to the NFC Championship game. We're certainly just getting through the Green Bay Packers how, how how uneasy do you think that feeling should be?
3: Well, I, uh, it depends on who you are, I guess. I, I think you guys should be okay. Um, I, I think Mike McCarthy's probably pretty nervous because, you know, Mike, obviously, I, I heard him talk the other day about facing uh, the Packers last time and how he wishes he didn't, you know, bring up his time here and, and all that. And look, this is, a. I mean, the Packers are playing with house money, and I guess that could be a dangerous thing for, you know, another team. But I, I think the Packers are, you know, probably a year away from, from being in a position where they can can win this game in advance. Um, I, I, I think it was, you know, for them, it's great they made the playoffs. It's a huge uh, starting point for Jordan Love and this young offense. But, um, you know, defensively, they've struggled so much this year that I just, I don't see how... Dallas doesn't put up 30 uh, on these guys, and, and I would think that would be enough.
4: Is their defense, like, good up front, bad on the back? Is that kind of how this is?
3: Uh, not necessarily. I mean, it's been the problem with this defense is that it's been good in, in spots and then bad in those same spots in other games. Like, it's not just one thing. Like, they they, they allowed – Four four games they allowed um, 200 yards rushing uh, to, to four different teams. That's, nobody's done that in the NFL. That's that's bad. And then they've had games where they can stop the run, and a guy like Baker Mayfield throws for 381 yards against them. So it's 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 been it's it's not that they've been bad in one area. They've just been bad at different times. Uh, and and they played some good defense at times too. I mean they they went up to Detroit on Thanksgiving. Played really well there. Um, They they held up fine against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and they won that game. But it's just just been one of these defenses where you just never know when it's going to go bad and in what way it's going to go bad.
2: Fill in the blank, Rob. Jair Alexander is?
3: All about Jair Alexander.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is he a great cornerback on the field?
3: Um, I think when he wants to be and when he's fully engaged and I'm just not sure that's where he is right now. Um, it's been a weird, weird run for him. And um, you know, I, I could say a weird dude too, to finish that sentence. He's, he's a, he's a different guy. Um, and, and I mean, he I still think he's a good player. I just don't know that he's ever going to be the player he was in like 2020, 2021 when he was an all pro guy.
5: Uh, Rob, you mentioned Mike McCarthy there a little bit in the, the reunion. Now that the dust has settled a little bit, it it seemed like there were a lot of people ready to get Mike McCarthy out the door in 2018. What is his reputation there in green Bay now that things have kind of settled down? Is he thought of pretty favorably in that, in that city?
3: Yeah, I do think so. And, and even, even in 2018, you know, when he got let go, I think there were people who, um, not necessarily, um, thought he should have stayed, but thought he deserved a better ending. If that makes sense. Uh, you know, not not let go with four games left in a, in a season after all he accomplished here in 13 years. Uh, I, I honestly, from the Packers fans that I know, I think Packers fans are really rooting for Mike, not just against the pack. you know, only just, just not when they play the Packers. I do think that, you know, I think that if the Packers end up losing Sunday, I think there'll be a lot of people here that after that and after the, you know, the disappointment of that goes away, that they'll probably want to see Mike take this thing as far as he can go. He's, um, he he still you know he still, he still has a, a home here. He still spends time here in the off season. Um, he 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 still led this team to their last Super Bowl win, uh, to what four or five NFC Championship games. Um, you know I, I do think Mike uh, Mike is very very much revered here.
5: Are, are you surprised, or, or I guess not surprised, What what is your impression of, of the work from the outside that he's done with Dak Prescott? Or do you think that that coupling, does it surprise you that we've seen so much success from Dak, or, or is this what you would have expected with him taking things over this, from Kellen Moore?
3: This is what I would have expected when he t- got the job in 20, uh, 2020. I mean, I, I, I was as surprised as anybody that Mike didn't, take the, you know, didn't call the plays right away. And because, and I mean, that's his, that's what his specialty is. That's, that's why you hire Mike McCarthy. You hire Mike McCarthy for two reasons. One to work closely with a quarterback and two to be the offensive play caller. And you now obviously, you know, Jerry wanted Kellen to, to, you know, to be in that role for, 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 for the time. And, and I was just a little surprised that, you know, that Mike, I guess not that, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm surprised he agreed to that, but that's not Mike's. You know, it's not Mike's way. And so when, when he took over this off season, you know, I thought, boy, this could be a really good for, for Dak. And it turns out it looks like it has turned out that way. And, and and Mike's really good at those things. So um, you know, I guess I guess I'm not really surprised.
4: ESPN's Rob Domofsky joining us here at one oh five through the fan. He's we're going behind enemy lines. Um, Jordan Love, do they let him try to take over the game is he managing the game what kind of player has he become in the second half of the year
3: yeah different one the second half of the year than than the first half for sure i mean this is a guy who you know quite frankly he, you go turn on any game from the month of october and he just looked uncomfortable um looked unsure of himself um, uh, just did not look like he had command of the offense and, and as we got into mid to late November, you know, he just started to get more and more comfortable in the office, more and more comfortable with the guys around him. And this is the youngest team, you know, in, in the league and one of the youngest ever to make the playoffs. And it's especially young at the skill positions. Um, they They don't have a catch by a player that has – uh, by a receiver that has uh, more than two years of experience because they don't have a receiver that has more than two years <laughs> experience. So um, it, it's, it's been, he's been really, really good. The second, you know, probably the last. So since, since the Chargers game, which I think was week 11, he's been really good. Um, like I think it's 18 touchdowns, one interception and he, and he's just, they've, they've given him more freedom, more responsibility, and and he's earned it, and he's done really well with it. Um, he look, he is still at the, you know, probably the the 200 level uh, of is, you know, in in the quarterback uh, learning scale. And you know, Aaron Rodgers was was graduate school level uh, when he left here. So there's still much more for Jordan Love to do. Um, the one thing that he's done really well is take care of the ball. Uh, he's got the one interception in the last eight weeks. Now he did fumble uh, against the Bears when it was still a one score game, and you know, but, but I don't think, you know, the one thing with young quarterbacks that you always worry about is turnovers. And he really hasn't had that problem here. The second half of the season.
5: What do you think the Matt LaFleur approach is in this game? Is it, is it going to be, Hey, let's stay out of track meet. Let's not play that style of ball with Dallas. Let's try and, you know, lean on Aaron Jones. Who's played really well lately. What, what do you think the approach yeah. is for them?
3: Yeah, I, I think the approach is a little bit of that, but it's also, you know, you can't stop doing what you've been doing well, and that's been mixing play action um, and taking some shots down the field. Uh, and, and and I don't mean just like they're not just, you know, throwing bombs all the time, but they are throwing a lot of, you know, 15, 20-yard crossing routes and, and things like that. And, then, I mean, they got Jaden Reed on a catch and run. You know, that probably, if he was tackled, probably would have been a 15-yard game, but it turns into a 50-some-yard play. Uh, Now, the dynamic also could change if they have Christian Watson back. Um, He has not played in, like, six weeks with a hamstring injury. And and, and I thought he was going to play last week, and, and they held him out. So he either, A, had a setback, or, B, they were saving him for this game, and I find it hard to believe they were saving him because they needed to win that game. To get in, so they may not have their their deep threat, their best deep threat guy, again, but they've managed just fine without him. But you you're right about Aaron Jones. I mean, three straight 100 yard games, uh, two of them were 120 plus yard games, and had he had he gotten the third, uh, I think it was just under 120, but had he gotten a 120 against the Bears, it would have been the first time in Packers history that any running back had ever run for 120 in three straight games. And this team's been around for a little while.
2: Rob, uh, I was going to take it to the Cowboys run defense cuz teams have shown they can push them around. Uh is that you think the biggest Achilles heel for Dallas in matching up? What is the status of the Packers offensive line to go along with Aaron Jones?
3: Yeah, this isn't really it's not a power running game per se, so if if Dallas struggles with, you know, teams that kind of, you know, run it down their throat, then um, you know, this is not that offense. Um, it's a little bit more of a get out to the edge and let Aaron Jones turn a corner. Uh, when Aaron Jones was out with the injury, AJ Dillon, who, who was much more of a bruising back, you know, I would say had you know moderate success at best uh, and, and wasn't able to overpower people per se. Uh, this is an offensive line that has a lot of names that people probably never heard of. Um, you know, David Bakhtiari, their their star left tackle has been out since the first game. He played one game this year and, and then was done they've rotated guys at left tackle and right guard throughout the season, like and throughout the games, like they, they they'll play, uh, they're starting left tackle They'll play like two series and they'll bring in somebody to play a series and then they'll go back to the guy. It's strange. It's really strange. <laughs> they're doing the same thing at right guard. John Runyon jr. Is their starter, but they're, they'll play, they'll throw this this kid, Sean Ryan, a, a draft pick last year in there for, you know, 15, 20 plays a game. I, I've never really seen, Uh, that done before in my 20 some years covering this team Um, you know you don't you don't usually rotate offensive linemen during the Mm -hmm. game but they're doing it and they seem to be doing it with uh, some degree of success.
4: Packers reporter Rob Domofsky joining us here 105 through the fan Uh, is this easily the worst matchup uh, for Green Bay Uh, were they clearly rooting for San Fran to beat the Rams last week?
3: Yeah, there's no question, and I mean, the the only the only worst matchup would be San Fran, probably, right? right? Yeah. I mean, San Francisco's ended just like the Cowboys. I mean, San Francisco has beaten Matt Lafleur's teams in the playoffs twice in his uh, you know five years as the coach here. Uh, they've gone to Detroit and won. You know, they they went there on Thanksgiving, and and, and to be honest with you, they really dominated the game. Uh, at Detroit I don't think Detroit's playing anywhere near as well as they were playing you know early in the year and then you know everybody watched Sam Laporta their rookie tight end go down um, you know in in the early window games right before the Packers played so yeah they there's no question they would have rather gone to Detroit than Dallas everyone here knows you know just how explosive the Dallas offense is and I'll be honest with you I'm not sure you mentioned Jair Alexander I don't know how they cover CeeDee Lamb Uh, and, and he's obviously not the only guy that that gives teams problems they've had trouble covering tight ends and certainly um you got one down there that's 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 capable and people in wisconsin certainly very familiar with with him from his time playing up here so uh yeah i don't think dallas was quite the matchup that they wanted however this is a such a young team and, and you know the, you always hear the ah, they're so young they don't know what they don't know i do believe that this in this this team you know, is that way um, they, they, they don't know that they're not supposed to go down to Dallas and win. And, 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 while I don't think they will, I don't think they'll be, you know, I don't think the moment will be too big for them. I'll think they'll, I think they'll handle that part of it. Fine. I just don't think they have enough to stop the Cowboys offense.
2: Speaking of covering, we have to get your thoughts on Aaron Rogers as a New York <laughs> jet and on the Pat McAfee show this year, your thoughts after covering Aaron for so long, on him yeah. and all the headlines,
3: i I always enjoyed covering Aaron during the season uh, and during his interactions with us. I didn't so much enjoy covering him in the off season <laughs> and on Tuesday afternoons. <laughs> so uh, uh, I will say, you know, from a from a um, standpoint of of a, of a guy of, of the group of people who covers him on a daily basis, he was always great to deal with with us. He always gave really good answers if you were working on a story and you asked a question about something specific, he would give a long, thoughtful answer, um, not just, you know, play it off. And and look, the games were really pretty exciting when he when he was involved in them for the most part. But the offseason stuff just sort of morphed into, um, you know, a different thing. He, he tried, you know, for most of his career, he tried so hard to be the anti-Brett Favre. Like Brett Favre was the wild, gunslinging quarterback who – you know, might throw five interceptions or five touchdowns, but he might also throw five interceptions in a game. And, and, you know, Aaron tried to be so different, but I'd say in the end, uh, you know, from the off the field stuff, he ended up a lot like Brett in terms of the, you know, high maintenance type of stuff that, that, you know, has followed him through the end of his career. So um, I I don't listen to, um, I, I occasionally listen to the McAfee show on Tuesdays, but I don't listen to it with my notebook and my computer in hand, uh, having to re- write something. I listen to it when I'm, you know, running my errands on the off day on Tuesday uh, when I'm at the grocery store or wherever. Who would
2: who would win the race for mayor in Green Bay between Favre and
3: Rogers today? <laughs> well, I would have said Favre, no question. Um, but the obviously the the whole welfare money issue down in Mississippi. Might have put a uh, you know might have hurt his chances at the ballot. I, I will say this, during their careers and and after their careers. Um, well, we'll say during their careers because we don't know exactly what the post uh career reaction will look like. But Brett was a beloved figure here, even after he went and played for the Vikings. I, I think people got over that pretty quickly. Brett was was always more of a man of the people um, when he was here. I mean, you would see it. T- t- times were different. I get it. There was no social media and all that, but Brett would be a, a man about town, and it wasn't unusual to see Brett in a bar or restaurant, you know, uh, hanging out with his buddies, uh, and, and Aaron was much more of the, you know, California cool uh, type of guy that, that fans loved because he was a great player. I don't know that they ever loved him because of the type of person that he was.
2: Rob, this was fantastic yet again. Thank you so much. Have a good trip to DFW, and we'll catch up with you.
3: Well, thanks, guys. I'm looking forward to getting out of the snow that we just got here. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully it's nice and warm down there. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah our nice cold
2: front's coming in this week. Safe travels, Rob. <laughs> Thank you. All
3: right, guys. We'll be seeing you.
2: Rob Domofsky on the DNM leasing hotline from ESPN. RJ thinks that Jim Harbaugh may have slipped up and given away his future plans. A hump day edition hump day. of the college football kegger is next.
4: and Bain with back-to-back threes.
2: Yeah, that was a bad loss. The Mavericks, so much for me saying, oh, the first team to take advantage of John Morant being out for the season against the Grizzlies. Mavs get blown out at home against Memphis. And that was not close throughout the entire night. They were down 20, and they get whacked. Shinks strikes again.
5: That's yeah. what you did. You, you jinxed this team. Honestly, this is just... The I really reality. do
2: believe if someone bet quietly bet against me when I tweet something like this is done, this is guaranteed, or something I say emphatically on the radio, they would have a lot of money. My mom has always called called me a human jinx. <laughs> yeah, ha, that's a terrible thing for the, nah, your mom a, to say. That's an awful thing. I, I know. Bobby's got a better relationship with his mom than,
5: than I that. do. I do. Guinea <laughs> mom. I, I talk to her every night. Yeah. <laughs> uh no. The uh, man. This is just honestly the the reality of the Mavs this season. They have done this so many times, it feels like, where you start feeling good about like, hey, they're building some momentum. And look, they got an easy team they can knock off here. They got an easy victory against the Cavs coming up. They got an easy victory against the Jazz coming up. Oh, they're going to get the Grizzlies without Jaron Jackson, without John Moran. Marcus Smart is going to get hurt. Oh, no, you're going to get beat by 20 at home. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, been a complete disappointment that every time they rise up and you start feeling like they're building some momentum, they get the rug pulled out from under
2: them. In the next 90 minutes of this show
5: mm-hmm.
2: I am going to defend uh, three guys that I've uh, in the past put the absolute hate on Thank you. I'm going to defend Aaron Rodgers Draymond Green and I'm going to start with Kyrie Irving who gave a post-game comment that I really, really liked last night.
4: You know, when you're uh, aspiring to be at the top of the league and, and be respected as one of the best teams in the league. Um, nights like this matter, and uh, you know you don't want to hang your head for too long, but obviously playing against the number one team in the West, and then playing against the Memphis Grizzlies, no disrespect to who they are, um, we took our foot off the gas pedal, um, and they took advantage. I mean, they hit us in the mouth in the first quarter, 29 points, and then 39 in the second. It's pretty much the game right there, and then the rest of it was playing pick up, catch up, and doing what we could to... Uh, Cut into the lead.
2: Love that from Kyrie, not minimizing it, saying, "Yeah, man, this is a dent on your resume when you want to be taken seriously." Yeah. We haven't had any Kyrie headaches. You had the Utah story that he quickly put out. He always has uh, these charitable donations uh, that pop up here and there. So that is my prop for Kyrie yeah. Irving. When, when you give Very up, big of you.
4: when you give up seventy in the first half, I mean, you can overcome that if you give up like twenty in the third not when you give up 35 in the third, right? And that's, that, that's where it was. I mean, they just couldn't get stops, and that's a bad that's – a, that's a Memphis team that had no business scoring 120 points.
2: I also am going to defend Draymond. Now, I did not hear this. I read all of it in him talking to the media about his return. I loved these comments, and I can't stand Draymond Green. Uh, with his antics, I would not have cared if he got suspended much longer. But I loved what he had to say, taking accountability, saying, I've cost my team enough, admitting that the antics have been over the top, uh, talking about the benefits of his therapy, betterhelp.com slash Sean and RJ, saying, look, Tiger's not going to go ahead and change his stripes. I can't completely change who I am on the court, but I need to dial it back. I loved it. It was it was an amazing story and quotes to read. So I'd like to give it up for Draymond Green.
5: If only therapy helps you as much as mm, it helped Draymond, apparently. That. Well, we'll see if it helps him. Congratulations. You've played yourself. This is this is the, the, the talking point. It's easy for him to talk like this right now. He's he's gonna go sideways. Because this is what Draymond well, Green does. Yeah,
4: sure. I mean the the first the first game Steph uh doesn't play in. Okay. He's going
5: to try to get thrown out. I, I bet Adam Silver wrote that and handed it to him. I bet he was like, here, just say this. Like, well, uh, drop these comments for us.
2: This was Draymond on his conversation with the commission.
3: I had a conversation with Adam Silver, commissioner of our league. I just told him, Adam, it's too much for me. Like, this is too much. It's all becoming too much for me, and I'm going to retire. And Adam said, ah, uh, you're making a very rash
1: decision, and I won't let you do that. You know, we had a long, great conversation. Very helpful to me. Very thankful uh, to play in a league
3: with a commissioner like Adam, uh, who's more about helping you than hurting you or helping you than punishing you.
6: Or,
1: you know, he's more about the players.
2: So that was him talking about Adam Silver. So my Aaron Rodgers defense will props, not defense. Props will come at nine o'clock this morning. Okay, after below the belt.
5: Below the belt. Yeah, I just the the. the you know the, uh, what? Are you going to therapy for?
2: You want some growth? You want some change? You want to you want to turn? No, no, right. no, no. It, I'm it, going to therapy to, to prove everyone session. that uh,
5: I, I'm I'm not I, I I'm inside. beyond its reach. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> it's to prove everybody. It's to prove myself right. I love being right. Yeah, at the right. end of the day, this is all about me and narcissism. Right. That's what that's but, about. But, Dr- but Draymond didn't get cured in uh in in 26 days. Right. No, he took defensive driving. That's what he did. Right. Which which doesn't we all take defensive driving and we go uh, how much of this can I zone out for and still get the 70% at the end of the test that'll yeah. allow me to not have to pay this full ticket. Which, by the way, I found out uh, because I went ahead and just paid a ticket recently. My car insurance jumped up yeah, by about $100. Yeah, never bucks. do that. Yeah, I went ahead and paid it. It was that same when I got picked off for driving out of here that morning. You guys, morning. cool,
2: you know, you fast and the furious. Make fun of me driving like your grandma. I don't know what that feels like. I
5: should have I should have done the Draymond Green fake, uh, you know, reversal and and act like I had really changed just like Draymond did. And this just whole little like, you know, it's just too much. I think I need to retire. Draymond, come on, don't do that. that that's so rash. Come on, we can work through this together. <laughs> no Chop. Chop day continues with a special
2: Wednesday edition of The Kegger. I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. Oh, I win.
3: Google me. We're not hosting an intergalactic kegger down here.
4: <laughs>
1: College football!
4: Wait. What did Jim Harbaugh say? Did he say he's not leaving Michigan? Maybe, maybe not. Let's see what you guys think about this one. This is with... By the way, who said I win? Google me. Kurt Sinetti, the... uh,
2: When did that get
5: added added to the uh, intro? It was while you were out. There was this hilarious question. Where where did he get hired? So he
4: was at James Madison. He gets hired at Indiana. And they were like, well, how are you going to... What's your message to the recruits going to be? for reasoning to come to a place that no never, ever wins or, or that nobody ever comes to. And his response was, I win. Google yeah, me. Yeah, he's like, you, you can Google me. I win. I win. I, I win. Wow. Google me, okay? Yeah. It was just totally obnoxious. Oh, so totally obnoxious. But Jim Harbaugh was on with Scott Van Pelt on the Scott Van Pelt Sports Center. And I don't know if he slipped or what, but what do you make of this juicy nugget he dropped when talking about, you know, the schedule coming up for him over the next couple of weeks, months.
1: And give the guy some time, too. I mean, I told him, uh, told him three or four days ago, we're, gonna, we're moving spring practice back. We usually, we usually start on Valentine's Day, okay. February
0: 14th, because we love football. But this year, we're going to move it back. We're going to move it back about a month. And that'll be good, too. We'll have uh, some nice weather in the spring in Ann Arbor. Did
4: he just drop a nugget that he's staying at Michigan and not going to the NFL?
5: I mean, he's going to talk business as usual until yeah things come to fruition.
2: I make nothing
5: of it. Make nothing of it.
2: That's me because he's still got to continue to recruit. Still has to. Now maybe this NFL flirtation is just getting that next deal, like Will McClay. Yeah. Right. Every off season, bam, bam, jack it up, jack it up, leverage negotiation. Yeah, because he'll make twelve
4: to fifteen million with his next deal at Michigan now. Um, which if you go to the NFL, I mean, Pete Carroll and Sean McVay make 15 million. Sean Payton makes 18 and bill reportedly makes 25. but They don't really know. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
5: what was that? Like 5 million a win this year. Right.
4: So like, you know, he's, he's going to make as much or more in college. Now his quality of life is probably worse in college because of recruiting.
5: That is what Lincoln Riley has been taught. Lincoln Riley gave an interview to the Los Angeles Times a couple months ago, where that's what he said is starting to be the pull a little bit. Is he's like they? He's like NFL coaches get a chance to actually like have some time where they can live their life, and you don't get that as a college head coach. So
4: maybe he is just saying that because he knows his assistant is going to take over the team, and they've already made the decision. Maybe he's staying, or maybe it's nothing. Maybe he's just kind of towing the old the
2: real coaching
5: job this year.
2: His assistant. What he did,
5: yes, Sharon Moore. Yeah, yes. he did a great job stepping in for for Jim Harbaugh. I assume you, I assume you're making a Connor Stallings joke. No, I'm making a prop. <laughs> I'm giving props. He'll be se- the next head coach of Michigan. This is my segment of props. Sharon Moore will be the next yeah. head coach of Michigan. He
2: wow, what will. a bold what a bold take, Bob. Thank you. Wow, thank you. What a hot take.
5: We'll add that to the list of things I'm always right about. Maybe
2: I need to do a podcast, get two million downloads with obvious crap. Like there you that. go, Brett McMurphy. To threw throw my name on it. A
4: stray of strays. <laughs> Brett McMurphy, Stray of Strays here. He wrote his article on the Action Network. Nobody knows what penalties await, but everyone has an opinion. If you're a Michigan fan, nothing to see here. If you're not, give the Wolverines the death penalty, uh, but only after a public stoning. An Alabama official uh, told Brett McMurphy after the Rose Bowl, quote, look, everyone, and I mean everyone, is stealing signs. Michigan's not the only one to do it. An industry source says Kansas basketball cheats more than anyone, (laughs) and they didn't do anything to Kansas. The only pure thing in college athletics is Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt sucks. And that's where college athletics is in 2024. What did they
2: say about Vanderbilt? They, they, Vanderbilt they, sucks. they
5: sucked until next
4: year. Yeah,
2: yeah. If you're not cheating, you're not
4: trying, or you're Vanderbilt. What a stray! Poor Vandy just sitting there hanging out. My godson, mind of their own business. Shouts at my godson. And Amen. here comes Brett McMurphy with a quote. The only thing pure is Vandy, and Vandy sucks. Dang.
5: Woo! Mm, bulletin board material. Make sure he gets that to the locker room next year. Yeah. Yes. Little does, look what does he know how
2: us? dirty and grimy my godson yep. is. No. He's probably not going to cheat either.
4: Georgia Goody is your two-shoes. betting favorite to win the national championship next year at 17-4, followed by Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and Texas. Michigan and Texas tied at 9-1. Uh, Oregon. Ole Miss, LSU, Florida State at twenty to one, A and M at twenty two to one, Oklahoma joined by Tennessee at forty to one, Missouri at fifty to one, Washington down at sixty to one. Those are your favorites to win the national championship. Washington was forty to one this year.
2: Heisman winner favorite. Remember who? I know we mentioned yesterday or something, but
4: uh, yeah,
5: who
2: who it was, was it? Uh,
4: well, it was it was Jalen Milrow Quinn. And uh, Carson
5: Carson Beck. Beck.
2: Yep, well done. Hump Day edition of the college football kegger and Jim Harbaugh week one. Vegas bet online has the favorite as? Uh, Chargers. Uh, Chargers, yeah. NFL. NFL, NFL. Michigan, not coaching. All right, Bobby just saw something that got him worked up in the commercial break. He wants to change up below the belt. A new quarterback ranking has Roberto on the Uh warpath next. The
5: great Bobby Belt. You ruined the morning show. Don't make me take off my belt. Don't make me no, take off no. my belt. We're not. Show some damn respect, oh, 33rd no. team. Uh-oh. This isn't even, honestly, the thing that has me most worked up about this list isn't even related to Dak Prescott. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly worked up about an aspect of it that involves Dak Prescott. But right. this is, I now see why this is run by former GMs and former coaches and, and people who were ultimately pushed out of the league because... This list is stupid. <laughs> so the 33rd team is has throughout the season been ranking the best quarterbacks in the NFL running list. A lot of places do this. The Ringer does theirs. Steven Ruiz has his up every week. The 33rd team has theirs going. And so now that they've hit the playoffs, they've removed all the guys who are out, and they're just ranking the ones remaining in the playoffs. So this is at a level that it's not just, hey, this is uh, who I'd want normally. So even though Patrick Mahomes may be having a down year, he would still be number one. No, this is a ranking of how they are right now. Who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL? So number 1 on this list is And who
2: are the people who kind of make up this site?
5: 3013. So this is Mike Tannenbaum's outfit, uh the former Dolphins GM, and it's basically a group of former coaches Executives, uh, Doug Peterson went and worked here uh, while he was away from the game. This has become kind of a breeding ground where guys yeah. continue to stay sharp and do work. So, like, Mike Zimmer's there right now. We had Mike Martz on. That was from something that he did with the 30 They actually do a they, lot of really good stuff. So they've got legit. I, other there. than they hired Ari Myrov or whatever. That was pretty stupid, which yeah, I don't yeah. understand. Um, but this list here is... I think you guys are going to have some problems with it, too. Not All the right. very top, but number one is number one quarterback in this the playoffs. just for the playoffs. Yep. Pat Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, says even though the Chiefs are down, Patrick Mahomes is still the quarterback nobody wants to see in the playoffs. AFC goes through him. Uh, it has for as long as he's been in the league, and that doesn't change just because the Chiefs are on the top seed like usual. Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Steve Spagnuolo's defense is still enough firepower to take down anyone in the postseason. Number two on this list. Josh Allen. Lamar Lamar Jackson. Is number two here. Say Lamar Jackson will be your 2023 MVP. Don't care about the defense or touchdown totals or the EPA or team rushing success. Just watch Jackson play football. Number three, obviously, the guy that we were just kicking around number two, Josh Josh Allen. Allen. So I understand that. You would have.
2: If if I gave you guys the same team and I said for the playoffs, you could have Allen or Lamar quarterbacking them, who would you take? Ooh, man. Um
4: I don't know that. It's. I, I think you have to set the team up totally different. I would probably yeah. take out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't. I think if you gave Josh Allen the Lamar's team, I mean, he would probably struggle with that team. And I think if you gave Lamar a team where it's like, you know, great. We've never seen him with great receivers. Yeah,
5: both teams have been tailored for the the quarterbacks that they have. So I think if you now Josh Allen does do a lot of running. Like I mean, yes. there's certain aspects that you'd be able to carry over. But I, I, I don't know. Probably. Probably actually Lamar in Buffalo. Just because I mean, I I think that the the Baltimore structure is so unique to Lamar's talents and whereas he could step in and just do some different things that Buffalo doesn't have in their game plan right now. Plus in the weather. I mean, that might actually work running the ball a lot. So here's my first issue with this list. Number four is obviously not Dak Prescott. If I have an issue with Um, it,
2: they're going to say,
5: oh, Jared Goff, CJ Stroud. Nope. golf. Nope. Hurts? Nope. Purdy. Nope. Slacco? Matthew Stafford. Wow. Yeah,
4: yeah, man, the scouts love Stafford, though. They, they've, I mean, look, and obviously he is, wow. if, you were, if you were to build a
5: quarterback, right, if you go to the factory, it ain't going to be too far before you get to him. The Los Angeles Rams are the scariest wild card team in either conference. Matthew Stafford, though not alone in his efforts, is the driving force for that. Stafford and the Rams' offense has been awesome down the stretch. Run game has come alive, giving the pass and offense more favorable down in distances and easing the load off their shoulders. Stafford and the receivers have taken full advantage of that. Now, look, Matthew Stafford, I think, has played so much better than I ever anticipated he would head into this year. I thought he was cooked. I was wrong. He's been really good this year, and he's been awesome for Puka Nakua. He, he's done a really great job. I don't think there's any way you can say that he's been better or has better outlook on this playoffs than Dak. I, I just don't see how you can make that argument.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, who would you vote? I mean, to me, it comes down to an MVP race. Who would you vote higher in the MVP? No one would put Matt Stafford over Dak Prescott. Not so, even close. No. Unless you're trusting this playoff, yeah, Rams it's, it's, run.
4: It, it, is it based on this year or is it like, a, hey, I just trust them? Yeah. yeah, it's a career thing.
5: No, it's about, it's basically how they're playing right now. It's stacked up of like what their ability is and how the they're same yeah. type of list where I
2: completely dissected and took Dan Orlovsky right. apart. Yes. He has ones what seven of eight, so he's
4: played well down the stretch. So is Dak. Dak's peak was probably what mid November,
5: mid November to
4: early December. Yeah. yeah, so maybe Stafford's close to his peak, but I don't I don't know about that.
5: Number five is Dak Prescott. This is the write up on Dak. Few quarterbacks play with the command and maturity Dak Prescott does. Other passers are more talented or athletic or a little more creative outside the pocket, but in terms of playing quarterback the right way and winning down in and down out. Prescott is the pinnacle of quarterback play right now, but apparently that's only good for fifth. Uh, Just watch Prescott's process before the snap. He's constantly fiddling with protections and fishing for every bit of helpful information. He also has one of the trickiest cadences to get a handle on for the entire NFL once the ball is in his hands, there are a few quarterbacks with Prescott's resolve and unwavering confidence. He believes fullheartedly in his offensive line. I don't know about that. Uh, the system and his skill players, sometimes that is to his detriment. No player or play call is perfect, but that faith more often than not allows Prescott to operate with machine-like efficiency. So I have an issue with Prescott being below Matthew Stafford, but I have a much bigger issue with the next four names or so. Oh, no, the hang on a second. Stacked.
4: How is, uh, okay, here we go, a hard cadence to get a handle on?
5: Um, I mean, he does lean into like, he does do dummy calls with it and stuff like that. And so like, it, it is difficult for defenders to get a good jump off the snap with because they don't know when the real call is coming in, but that's only when they're at home when they're on the road, the cadence is completely screwed. It seems like number six on this list. And I'm just going to run down to the point where I have an issue. Number six is CJ Stroud from the Houston Texans, oh. who I think Stroud's been really good. I think it's my groaning. I don't think anybody would think that he is
4: right now. This is, is the sixth best quarterback the playoffs
5: yeah what was it a couple uh how long ago were we talking about jalen hurts as the mvp like discussion six weeks ago something as like Peyton. that uh yeah yeah, yeah. payton Peyton loved him like deep into the season uh and i mean we, we talk about brock purdy as being one of the top mvp contenders Tua's had a really great year these are the names no the but i'm gonna names.
2: i'm gonna defend cj listen up nick eatman because i know you're coming up at nine i love cj strong and, and this is totally completely forgotten <laughs> and no one talks about this and as often as they should, CJ Stroud is doing this
5: maybe with the worst weapons of any playoff team. Um, no. ooh, I don't know. Green Bay's weapons are not great. Okay.
2: But Jordan Love is second in versus... the
5: NFL in touchdown passes. Okay, Green Bay. Yeah, Green Houston, Bay, and Houston are right there.
2: Kansas City. I Kansas mean, he's got bad ones. <laughs> I mean, Nico Collins and Tank Dell. Don't forget, No
5: Brown. Dalton Schultz. Don't sleep on those guys. Exactly.
2: And Robert Woods, old Robert Woods. Don't ever forget C.J. Stroud did this. First combo ever. Rookie quarterback and head coach to be making the playoffs like this. And he did it with that staff. He did it with that and, support. And I'll, I'll
4: give you this. Uh, let's see. One, That's two, crazy. One, two, three, four, five. Six. He's seventh uh, in the NFL in uh, in the DVOA stat. Efficiency the per play efficiency.
2: Behind love, Dak, Allen, Goff to a Purdy. Dak Prescott has never played. Maybe before the, right before the Amari trade. I'm not starting to fight. I'm stating a fact. Dak Prescott has never played with that type of talent.
5: That CJ Stroud just did. Not to that level. Not no. to the level that CJ Stroud's played for sure. Like like if you if you wanted to make an argument that Dak had that, he didn't play as well as Stroud has. And Stroud's doing it as a rookie. And so it's really impressive what he's done. And I, I think he's got a really bright future as a for sure lock top five quarterback in the NFL. I think it's interesting that you'd have him this high, though. And number seven, Jordan Love, Green Bay Packers is next on the list. Number eight, Jared Goff, Detroit Lions. And then you finally get the collection of guys who were in the MVP discussion for the entire year. Brock Purdy is the ninth-ranked quarterback, according to this list. And that's the biggest problem I have here because he has silenced every single question or criticism about him being a system quarterback. He has made a massive difference for that football team, and I don't see how you can ever have him ranked ninth. And before the playoff list came out, the 33rd team, when they had all the regular season quarterbacks in there too, they had him ranked 12th in the NFL at quarterback, which I don't see how you can make any argument that he's outside the top 10. I agree. Number 10. Just getting in there is Jalen Hurts. Number eleven, Tua. Number 12, Baker Mayfield. 13, Joe Flacco. 14, Mason Rudolph.
2: I mean, I can make you can make an argument Joe Flacco should be up three or four spots on that
5: list. I mean, the way that he's playing, would you take Flacco right now over Baker? Yes. I think uh, the way yeah. he's playing. And, and I mean, I think you also got to factor into this who he's playing with like Amari Cooper Who'd is play with Amari Cooper is a quarterback's best friend when it comes to like, like giving easy throwing windows and, and making things just super easy on them and getting them comfortable. I think that's been the biggest benefit to Flacco has just been playing with a guy like Amari Cooper that has softened so much for him. Uh, be nice to have a guy like that here as maybe your second or third receiver in Dallas. That'd be really cool. Uh, well, next y'all y'all want Michael layer. Gallup in that deal. So don't say y'all blame yourself. Don't, don't say y'all. Don't say oh, that was not me. And other
2: people are giving Dak his praise throughout the entire league. You were in love with Joe Burrow. What I was. He had to say.
5: I was. Now, Peyton, do we have the, the Joe Burrow clip? Yes, we do. Okay. Joe Burrow was asked yesterday about the guys who are five and six on this. we not asked about them, volunteered them. He was asked which quarterbacks really stood out to him in the NFL this season.
2: You know, I think CJ has, has done a great job. It's always tough to go into that situation as, you know, a high pick and perform the way he has. And so that's been impressive. I think, you know, Dak has done a really great job with with that group. You know, he's he's been fun to watch. You know, there's guys all across the league. I think a couple of college guys have a really good chance too. If they've they've had a they've been fun to watch. You know, I don't really have an opportunity to watch college much the last couple of years because you're so locked in. But this year I have, and so there's some really good college quarterbacks coming out that
5: I think have a good chance to play well. Now I think this is interesting because oh. we're obviously a couple weeks removed from Aaron Rodgers going on that glowing. Like, like, volunteered it, just went on a glowing, like, diatribe about Dak Prescott and how much he just is in love with him and and how and his level of play and what he's doing. And, oh, my gosh, he's really mastering the quarterback position. And this is what we're talking about during the break yesterday a little bit is that throughout Dak's career, Dak has gotten praised when he, when somebody is asked directly about Dak Prescott. They will say nice things about him. Yep. When it's a generalized question about quarterback play in the NFL, this is the first time in Dak's career that other quarterbacks around the league are highlighting him as – hey, this is a guy that's standing out to me and playing at a really, really high level. And I think that that should be the most significant indicator that we're seeing a different player this year is that other quarterbacks around the league are seeing
2: that. I agree. Rodgers did it, Burrow did it, and the biggest hater of them all, Stephen A. Smith, the other day on Espen said this. I think this is their best shot um, since 1995 to get back to the Super Bowl. There's no question about it. Dak Prescott's the best quarterback in the National Football Conference, we have to concede that C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott appear to be the best combination. The Philadelphia Eagles have appeared to nosedive, even though I thought the Detroit Lions should have won and got robbed a couple of weeks ago in Dallas. Um, obviously, Dallas would be better prepared for them if they end up facing one another again, because it will have to be in Dallas. Um, and I am an objective individual, and I am <laughs> fair minded. I will concede that this is the best shot that the Dallas Cowboys have had to make the Super Bowl since 1995.
5: Clearly, he didn't read the 33rd team's list, though, and he didn't know that Matthew Stafford is the best, the best quarterback, quarterback in the National Football Conference. Such a stupid list from the 33rd team. I love the work they do. This was a bad list. I don't see how you can have Brock Purdy ninth. I don't see how you can have Dak Prescott fifth. behind. I mean, fifth is fine. If you want to argue, like, in that territory, if you even wanted to have Purdy at four and Dak at five, I wouldn't kill you for it right now. But to have it be Stafford, I think, is just silly.
2: Below the belt right here on your home of the NFC East champs, it's Sean, RJ, and Roberto, Peyton, and Rye Rye getting you set live on the Fan Camp, Twitch, and YouTube. Final hour, I'm going to defend Aaron Rodgers in a way and someone that the Cowboys love, a head coach, got fired and it sent shockwaves throughout the NFL. Will it matter at all in Frisco? Hump Day edition Hump day. continues right after this. And this is Frankel and Frankel, the... Go to car and truck wreck attorneys in Dallas. They will do everything in their power to ease your burden. They're going to guide you through the legal process, answer any questions you may have, and fight tirelessly for your rights. So if you, the family member, or the friend get involved in that accident, they didn't cause it because you know how to drive. The other people don't. If they've been injured, contact Frank and first. They offer a free consultation. You don't pay anything until they win your case. The Francos are experienced compassionate, and dedicated to their Tolo clients. Call them today. Say, Sean from The Fan sent me. They'll know exactly what to do. 214 or 817, all threes. 214 or 817-333-3333 or truckrec.com. Frankel & Frankel, attorneys you can trust. Principal office, Dallas, Texas.